0: Welcome to The Nobody Guide to Life, where we provide tips and tools for personal growth, personal development in your spiritual journey that you can use right now in your everyday life. I'm J.A. Plasco. You can always find out more at the nobodyguidetolife.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We hold kids to certain standards in our culture. We expect them to be kind and courteous or to stay calm in situations where we believe they're being unreasonable. But see, here's the thing. The standards we want our kids to follow are often the standards that we ourselves don't follow. So how can we expect behavior that we often can't live up to to transfer to kids? Well, that's why I'm always fascinated by materials that are written for kids, but really could apply to all of us. And today's guest has written a book that speaks to exactly that. Ben ferry Lass is a special education teacher at Jefferson Community School, grades two to six in the Minneapolis School District. He's worked in education since 96 in private, public, and charter schools as a general and special education teacher. And after working several years at the elementary level, Ben completed his master's degree at the University of Minnesota, focusing on methods of teaching social skills to children with special needs. His book, I Can Learn Social Skills, was the result of his desire to offer tools, for children, families, caregivers, teachers, to practice a variety of social skills. Ben knows that in the moment, it can be so difficult to remember to use skills such as calming techniques. And the poems in the book are a quick way to rehearse and review the skills with children and all of us, skills we all need to know. In that way, Ben hopes to create positive habits that can become automatic when the skills are needed. Welcome to the show, Ben.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here with you today.
0: Well, it is wonderful to have you here. And I have your book sitting here in front of me. And it is absolutely wonderful. It is really just a fantastic book about social skills and using those skills, not just presenting them, but using them. Why this interest in childhood behavior and social skills? Where did that come from in your life?
1: Well, I think it's always been something that I've been interested in. Um, I know even as a kid myself, when I was in probably upper elementary, I had difficulties making friends and it was something that, you know, as an adult now I can really empathize when I see kids that are struggling with um, making friends or just knowing expectations. And um, I worked, like you've already pointed out, I worked in general education for many years before going into special ed and Um, just looking, when I started thinking about all the ways that we try and present and teach kids social skills, a lot of things in my research said that you need multiple ways and multiple modalities and ways to get it so that they can be a little bit more automatic. And, um, when I first started thinking about this book, I started thinking about the, um, Carol Gray's tool of social stories, which are mainly used with, kids with autism where it's just a basic story that explains, you know, like sometimes I get mad. I, when I'm mad, I might do this, this, and this, but then it goes through, so it kind of uh, acknowledges what happens. And then it says, but when I'm mad, I could do, Mm -hmm. or I should do, my friends will be happier. My teachers will be happy when I do this, this, and this. Right. I kind of started from that idea. And then, with social stories in particular, one of the things I had read is that they work much better if you combine them with something else. Okay. Like music or other role plays or things like that really helps with the social stories. So for what I was thinking was that poetry and rhyme often really aids in memory. So my idea was to take the idea of a social story and change it and then go into social poems. Wow. Uh, And my initial idea was that the book was going to be specifically for kids with autism. But as it developed, um, I realized that it would, and Free Spirit also wanted it to be a little broader. So I tried to make sure that the skills and the poems would be applicable to kids, whether or not they have autism. So is that your your area of specialty then? Do Do you
0: specialize in working with autistic children?
1: Um. Yes, I am a special, my special ed licenses, I have two licenses, one for developmental and cognitive disabilities, and the other is for autism. Currently, in my current job, I've been working with students with autism for the last, um, this is my sixth year.
0: So was that your initial inspiration then, was seeing the needs that these children with autism had, was that really your initial inspiration then to write I Can Learn Social Skills?
1: That, yep, that was definitely my initial inspiration was, um, another tool for kids with autism to learn social skills. And again, it just kind of broadened out from there.
0: So when you were working with your editor and you said this was through Free Spirit, I think you said was your publisher. When you were Mm -hmm. working with Free Spirit and you came to them with this idea, because when I was reading through the poems and I know my, my toddler picked up the book as soon as I got it and she was just so taken by it and I was reading the poems to her, they really do have such broad applicability what was it like for you when you brought this idea to your publisher and then they, they wanted to change them and broaden them. What, what did that, what was that like for you to, to, to have to make those changes?
1: You know, it, it, it definitely, the editing process has been, you know, it's, it's quite a journey. I, um, you know, there are, there's a lot of back and forth and um, I had an excellent editor. Um, I've got a I've got to acknowledge him in the, in the book, Eric Braun was my main editor, and we had a really good back and forth. And, you know, it's always a little bit hard. what do they, I think they call it, killing, kill your darlings, you know, sometimes <laughs> there's things that end up changing throughout the process, or, you know, sometimes I'll look back and go, oh, yeah, that changed a lot from the initial poem. Um, one of the examples I use is there's a poem in the book called Where Do My Hands Go? Right. And that poem initially was actually two different poems. Um, you know, working with young children, like one of the poems was about not picking your nose and the other <laughs> poem was about not sticking your hand down your pants in public. <laughs> and at some point, the folks of Free Spirit came back and said, you know, why don't we combine that into one poem and make it be about, you know, just where we should put our hands. So, you know, that was one that was... It was, you know, I had to really think about how could I keep some of the fun elements of both of those poems and then still combine them into a way that worked. And um, I'm actually really happy with how that poem ended up coming out. But it was definitely like, at first I was like, wait, these are two of my favorite poems. I don't want to book these. You know, I, I think sometimes
0: rhyming books for kids, I'll just use that phrase, when people write children's books some people don't go in for that There's I don't like books that rhyme and but I've always found that those books are the most engaging at least for my child that she loves she loves the pattern she loves the rhymes and I can tell when I look at these poems how she lights up when I read them and I think that the way it was edited it just felt like it was done very in a very sensitive way so I I was curious to know how that was and I'm glad I'm glad it was a good process because I know you went into it with one intention and ended up really broadening the book which I which I think is is fantastic. How do you use these poems as a teacher or even as a parent? How how could people use these social skills poems in their lives to help children?
1: Um well I think you know the nice thing about the book is it's set up in a way where because it's individual poems you don't have to read the book cover to cover every time. Right. You can think about like what's an issue or what's a concern for my child like calm me down when you're angry or calm me down when you're anxious or you know there there were some poems about manners and things like that if you notice that there's something that's a concern specifically for your child or something that your child is working on you can go to that poem i find as a teacher there are times when you know well i you know sometimes with Some of my students they have trouble with personal space so there's a poem called too close so we'll read we'll kind of practice going through and reading too close a couple of times and it's just kind of that reminder um, that you know with poems they're short they're easy to read more than once so it's not like you read it once and you're done you can go back and read it and um again the rhyming is to kind of help with memorization so that it helps it become more automatic that when you actually are in the situation where it's a problem you can think back to the poem and it's kind of the hope um
0: absolutely absolutely
1: so yeah so i think it's definitely like that's kind of what i was that was part of what i was thinking about with the with doing it as poetry too is that it's just the rhyme and the nature of poems being short and just getting those ideas out and so people can revisit them easily right now it's you know it's so great because you have poems just
0: uh, that cover so many areas of a child's life and we were what we were just talking about you you have a poem here and I, i i see it it's one of my favorites that i have here on page 20 and you describe it's called how can i get calm and i like that in the first stanza you actually describe in a in in terms that a child could really grasp what it's like to to be anxious a clattering heart. You know, you're you're breathing hard. You, you feel like you're ready to just blast off. And then you provide the tools that the kids can use right there in the poem, uh, taking breaths or or doing a, the the muscle tightening exercises. Have you worked these poems live in classroom settings? And how how has the reaction been to things like this? Because they are giving very practical descriptions. And very practical tools. How how have those been received?
1: Generally, well. I've, I mean, i've I've done I've done some of the poems in my own classroom, and um, I know that other teachers in my school, at least a couple other teachers in my school, have been using them, right. um, which is really exciting when I hear that. Um, and it seems like the kids really like it. I think that I am one thing I was incredibly lucky with and incredibly fortunate with with free spirit is that the design of the book i absolutely love folks on their end did the design work and so i had a little bit of input into it but it was mostly you know what they did and i just absolutely love um just to give an idea for people that are listening it's a combination of both pictures and illustrations yes pictures of real kids sometimes a, a lot of the pages have pictures of like animals like dogs or cats or other, I think there's a giraffe on one page. And just, it's combined with illustrations that just really accent the poems and kind of give you like a visual, give you some fun visuals to along with the poems. And I think that really helps, Um, I think that really helps keep kids engaged uh, because visually it's really fun to look at as a poet. And in addition to the fact that um, it's got the lessons in there. And I, well, Ben, I just want to add, and
0: I, I want to piggyback off that because I think it's really important. It's hard, like you said, it's hard to describe on a podcast, but for my listeners, it really is, Ben's right, it, it there are probably, there's close to 60 pages in this book, and each page is filled with pictures and illustrations that really target the exact theme. So it, it does look like somebody spent a lot of time with a lot of pictures crafting each page. And I, I do agree. It's it, they really seem to have hit on each the theme of each poem, which I think is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I was I was really excited when I saw the design. So, and there's times when I'll look at it and go, "Oh wow, they caught that little." <laughs> there's um, there's one about a where there's a line about someone that we're about to have a spelling bee, and there's a little picture of a bee next to it. And there's one about where there someone talks about a joke about a running refrigerator and they there's a little illustration of a refrigerator with legs running. So, <laughs> <laughs> so much is that You don't even always notice the first time like there's been times when I look through and go, Oh, wow, I didn't notice that picture before. That's really cool.
0: Right? I think that poem that you're referencing, I, it's funny, I, I just turned it's called Make the Switch. And it's true. It's, so there's, you know, you're talking about a child is busy doing one thing, but then the teacher wants to shift to something else. And I know that's something. That you know, I'm working on certainly with my toddler, and I know a lot of parents are working on is this this attempt to get children to move from one task to another. And I just love the way that you capture it is you give children options and let them know that you can feel good moving on. You can feel good using these skills. These aren't just rules that we're giving to you. These are things that can actually help you on it on your journey of personal growth i mean you know children are on journeys of personal growth as well and that's something that really caught me about the tone of this and i'll just read the last line of this when it's time to move on i know i can do it it feels good to know that i can work through it and i think that is a very important lesson for adults as well and like i said in the introduction i'm very taken by products that seem to have been prepared for children but also have applicability to adults and i'm wondering what your thoughts as an educator are about that about the skills that we teach children but that we also hope adults will take on as well can you can you talk a little bit about that and the transferability of skills
1: yeah i think i mean it's actually kind of funny because i've had several people when i've been talking about the book say oh you should write another one for older kids or you should write another (laughs) one for adults then i'm like And I'm kind of, I kind of feel like, well, there's no reason an adult can't read this book or can't get something out of it. Um, So I think really like, I mean, calming strategies are calming strategies. Um, There's no reason why um, an adult can't use these strategies. Like kind of like you mentioned some of them, like, you know, we, we often, when adults are working on calming, we always tell often, you'll hear someone tell an adult count to 10 or take some deep breaths or, you know, Get some exercise take a walk so a lot of these pretty much all of these strategies i don't think there's any reason why an adult can't use them too right Um, and there are definitely you know adults in the world that still need to work on socials i think most people have you know sometimes when they feel awkward in different situations or i mean a lot of us experience anxiety and you know there's i find even as a teacher in the classroom there are times when I'll step back and say, I need to calm myself right now, and just kind of model for the kids that I'm in this state where I'm feeling a little angry or anxious, and I'm going to calm my body. And you know, I let kids know that you know it's all right to make a mistake. It's or it's all right to be angry, but it's how we deal with the anger. So, and I think that's the same for adults. It's you know, it's okay to be angry or upset, but it's how you handle it. And I think there's there's some lines to that in the poem about being mad. And just about how, you know, like sometimes I want to be, I feel like i am losing control and I want to hit or punch or do whatever, and I need to step back and calm myself down. And I think that's something that's really important for adults to remember too. I think adults can be just as impulsive about what they do when they're angry or about even like with there's poems about conversations and interrupting and, you know, adults, interrupt all the time too. So yeah, I mean, I really think that the poems are all applicable to adults too. Um, and the other aspect of the book too, is that at the end of the book, there are there are a few pages that are dedicated to giving parents, caregivers, or teachers ideas of what to do with the poems. So again, the, the idea is that the poems aren't in isolation, that just using this poem, just using these poems, I can teach kids, teach kids all the social skills that they need. You need to do them in combination with other things to really help get the message. Right. And, and I do think like that for adults, sometimes just going back and reminding kids about these things, that's good. If you model them yourselves, you're kind of practicing them yourself. Right. You know, I find myself using calming strategies at different times during the day, or just thinking about, you know, You know, I've had meetings where I was really anxious going into the meeting, and so I had to think about, okay, I have to mentally prepare myself for this meeting, and so I might do some deep breaths, I might listen to some soft music that I like, I might, you know, do like some sort of exercise, or there's one about tightening all your muscles and releasing, that one I like a lot.
0: Right, right. You know, Ben, it's so interesting. We've talked a little bit about on this show about one of the ways at least as as I as I have been taught it over the last, you know, two and a half decades of, of being involved in all of this, there are, there's this principle that if you're looking to grow personally or spiritually, one of the forgotten tools of that is discipline. And I talk about that a lot on my show. And I think sometimes people are like, I don't want to be I don't want discipline, you know, I want to just my path to self, to personal growth is joy and fun. And that's wonderful. But one of the most powerful tools we can have on this journey is discipline. And what I like about these poems is if you just picked one tool that you were trying to teach a kid and you as an adult worked on that one tool for the rest of your life, you could you could change your life. And I, I, I'm thinking specifically about, you have a poem here on page one and it's called, I Can Do That. And it starts the book off and it's talking about things like I can stay calm when I'm mad. I can learn to listen to you. I can share and be a friend to you. Together, let's see what we can do. If an adult woke up every morning, read that poem, picked one line from that poem and worked on it for the rest of their lives, they could probably make tremendous progress. And that this applies to all of us in, in any area of our lives. And that's what I think is so nice about this. And I was gonna, and, and it leads me to this question and you've already answered it, but I was gonna ask you, how do you model this? And, you, and you've already answered it a little bit, but do you talk to your students when you're modeling these things? Do you, if you find yourself in a, in a situation where you're, you're needing to
1: use one of these tools, do you
0: talk to your kids about it? Do you have discussions around it?
1: Yep, I'll kind of, I'll kind of talk it through, like, I'll say things like, "Uh, you know, I need to calm myself right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to take three deep breaths, or I'm gonna, um, I'm going to count to 10, or I'm gonna, I'm just gonna step back and give myself a little break right now. Right. Um, Because we talk about in our class, a little break isn't a bad thing. It's just a chance to get your body in control. Right. So sometimes I'll just say, yep. I need to take a little break um i also do that with mistakes like I'll, if i make a mistake on something i'll just say oops i made a mistake and then i'll just talk to them and say, did i get upset no i just fixed it and i moved on um because a lot of kids you get a lot of i find a lot of the kids get very perfectionistic um yeah. if way of saying that um <laughs> so just to kind of let them know that you know i make mistakes too and sometimes you know when i'm writing something on the board for them i'll spell something wrong or i'll forget a word and i'll go through and i'll fix it and I'll say oops i made a mistake did i get upset no nope. just fixed it and moved on right i think kids just get into this mode that they have to be perfect every time right and right. it's just really important for them to see that even you know the adults in their lives aren't perfect every time and i think that's i mean i think that's a really good thing to model too Right. So much of what you're talking about
0: is so applicable to adults because I I hear you talking through these things with kids. And I I just think back through my life and for myself personally, I, I you know, I tend to be a perfectionist in a lot of areas. You know, we get down on ourselves or with politics in the state it's in right now, people really aren't in a mode of of listening. And I think one of the things that's getting lost right now in the shuffle of the modern world is this idea of civility. And one thing that really struck me about I Can Learn Social Skills was the underlying current that seems to be running through all of these poems is really the idea of civility. You have one on here on patience. I don't like to wait my turn. Patience is hard to learn. And I think things like being impatient, not stepping back, not listening to people, not, not keeping your space clean and, and being respectful of yourself and others. I think that's something that's missing. And what do you think about that idea of civility? What do you think about these poems as a tool for, for teaching civility to kids?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely, you know, a part of it is just kind of looking at how can I discuss things with people or how can I interact with people in a way that's respectful and you know and that's something that definitely is you know i see with adults too in my world and like you said in politics just the idea of like we can disagree but we can do it respectfully um you know and there's and that that can also jump off into a whole other whole lot of other issues sometimes it's important not to be completely civil but that's a whole other story (laughs) Um, on the issue but um that would be a major digression (laughs) <laughs> um i think it's i think it's about you know i mean social skills are all based on cultural expectations and i think that's one thing that i I tried to be careful of with with this book um i think you know the example i jump to a lot is the poem called look Him in the eye right which is about eye contact because ironically it's about not looking someone in the eye um because the idea is that for some in some cultures it's actually disrespectful to make eye contact right particularly cross gender that can be really disrespectful in certain cultures and so the poem is all about just kind of looking in the general direction of someone so like finding a way to make it clear that you're interested in what they're saying without you know having to look them directly in the eyes because um there's the cultural issue with that there's also for some kids it's actually they they don't listen as well when they're looking at you right in the eye oh, interesting so, for me, as a teacher, I you know our first instinct when we're trying to like when we want a child to listen to us is to say, "Look at me," right and I really try not to say that, and when I make the mistake and I do say it, I say, "Wait, don't look at me, listen to me because that's what we really want hmm. and for a lot of kids they they can listen better if they're not looking you directly in the eye. Interesting. There's intensity of looking someone looking someone directly in the eye is very intense for some kids and adults. And so it's it's important to remember that there are ways of politely interacting and talking and listening, where you're not looking directly at the person. I love that. And I think that's one of the strengths of this book
0: is that if you read it very carefully, they're not just poems that fly by each line is actually giving you a nuance. So, my turn to talk isn't you know you think it's going to be about one thing sometimes and then it's there's a little subtle thing about listening in there it's not just about waiting it's Mm. about listening and so that's one of the wonderful things about these poems is they are very very nuanced so even if they're only eight lines long five of those lines are giving you things that you can think about that are not even necessarily directly related to the, the main driving force. Yes, we want you to wait for your turn to talk, but I also want you to listen while you're waiting. That's huge. And mm-hmm. that's a nuance that's not always picked up on. So I, I think that's fantastic. So Ben, what's a tip or tool that you can give all of us? That What's something we can use on our journeys of personal and spiritual growth from your experience? What's your tip or tool for us?
1: I think a tool is just to remember to kind of step back and give yourself a little bit of a time to like, when you need to just calm yourself or just really wanna, that it's okay to give yourself a little bit of time to think through something and take the time to, you know, figure out what tools work for you when you're feeling upset or anxious or angry like what is going to personally help you so that you can you know, interact with other people in the best way that you can, you know, there's so many different interactions we have throughout the day with different people and it can be harder based on how well you get along with that person or right. how well you know someone and just how you interact with, you know, people in the, in your various circles and how close you are. And I think just kind of remembering that, that idea that everybody has got, is coming from a different place right? and that just trying to figure out like that stepping back and just thinking about how can I do this in a way that, you know, you kind of talked about civility before, like kind of thinking about how can I step back and do this in a way that's going to be respectful and that I keep myself calm. And, um, you know, particularly when, you know, we all have times when we have to interact with people that we don't get along very well with. Right. It's kind of, I think even just recognizing that going in, like, you know, this might be someone that's harder for me to get along with. And so maybe I need to do a couple calming tools before I go in, or maybe I need to think about that before I go in and talk with this person. Yeah. I love that idea
0: you bring up about stepping back because I think there is tremendous strength in restraint. And I again I, I think we're in a time of aggression right now. We're in a time of incivility. We're in a time of aggression and restraint, self-control, remaining calm. These are actually the tools of power that endure because you see shows of strength over history, you know, empires rise and fall throughout history. That's why we have history books people endure. And people endure because they have the ability to be resilient. And I think resiliency is built on restraint. And like you said before, there's not always a time to be restrained. But if we step back and calm ourselves, we're able to act in a clearer fashion to take the steps that we need to take in the moment. So thank you so much for that advice.
1: No, Absolutely.
0: And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Nobody Guide to Life. Ben, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing this with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was really
0: great. Well, good. And I want to remind our listeners, the things we want our children to do start with the behaviors we model. So being patient, being kind, calming ourselves so that we respond instead of react. They're all skills we should practice so that the kids who look up to us will want to practice them too. Our example, is our best legacy to the next generation. Please don't forget that. You can find Ben's book, I Can Learn Social Skills at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, online retailers, your favorite retailer, wherever books are sold. You can also go to Ben's website, benjaminfairylatz.com. The links will be in our show notes at thenobodyguidetolife.com. And you can always check out more episodes at thenobodyguidetolife.com. Reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View, or now on Instagram at JAPlosker or join our Facebook community, Simple Spirituality. If you liked what you heard on this episode, please consider sharing it with someone you know. Keep practicing and have a good week.